0: Welcome one and all throughout time and space for this episode of Weebs on the Weekends, the podcast where we break down the anime news highlights of the week and give a retrospective look on an anime that premiered 10 years ago. This episode, we will cover the second week of October 2022 after I mean, the news, the news of October 2nd, 2022. I don't know how we would actually cover a week. Okay, onwards to the rest of the intro, after which we will give our thoughts on whether to resurrect or rebury the 2012 anime franchise Girls und Panzer. My name is Sam Martinez, I'm a full-time weeb, oh, I'm sorry, I wish I was a full-time weeb, I'm a part-time weeb, full-time <laughs> auto mechanic, and with me as always is my co-host Jay Johnson, part-time weeb, full-time Daikoku Kansera. Now Jay, oh my goodness! finally got through all of that, Jay, this has been a this has been a week. I know that we were mentioning how October was very, very much the month of the weeb at least october twenty twenty two because this week we had bleach chainsaw man, we had spy family, we even had mob psycho come out, and oh dude, I was just feeling the weeb. Ishness, it was bonkers what about you uh how how have you been do you do you feel like you're doing okay do you feel like you're in withdrawal with or oversensitized with all the weebus nonsense happening
1: i think i died this week a little bit <laughs> that, okay so i have it written out because i don't know if i told you this but mm-hmm. i put into my work schedule the anime release times because you know i'm on this side of the planet so like a broadcasting schedule is closer to the japan release tv schedule so even with uh some hours I was teaching in my twelfth grade class, I was like, Hey, um uh a uh Chainsaw Man just released, do you mind if we watch it? <laughs> so I stopped class <laughs> and watched uh, Chainsaw Man with the uh seventeen year olds plus. But yeah, so I have eleven anime's anime anime episodes I watched this week, so uh Damn. I have a schedule in front of me because I thought I was bonkers, but I was dedicated to at least try it out for one week. But I watched all the episodes as soon as they premiered. I just dropped whatever I was doing—work, <laughs> uh, cooking food, whatever. Just I was ready for it. But let's see. So on, let's go. Let's start with Friday. So Friday is Mob Psycho. Yeah. Saturday is I'm a Villainess. So I tame the final boss. On also still on Saturday, Blue Lock. Then on Sunday goes Welcome to Demon School, Irmakun, uh, Spy Family, Witch of Mercury Gundam. On Monday, it goes to Bleach and My Hero Academia, and Wednesday is Chainsaw Man, Human, Crazy University, and Emirates and Shadow. So, I had a full wee week of stress and work, but I think it paid off because now I know what I'm definitely not doing this week coming up. I'm definitely <laughs> not doing it again, and I'll let... You,
0: you, know, you know who to drop? You know who to keep up with?
1: yeah exactly so i have a little bit more of a stringent schedule after this week but i'm glad yeah october is shaping up to be like one of those memorable months like in the past history of the anime community because we're just like overflowing with choices and even from what we just mentioned there's like a lot of reoccurring seasons or you know continuation seasons of popular franchises and even like the first slam dunk movie is coming out soon as well as
0: oh i haven't heard about that that's good so 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 you drop it down to 10 that's all you got to do
1: <laughs> yeah i'll probably drop it down to five but yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm not gonna lie though because i would get messages from you through the week and i would be butthurt because i'm there like i just left the room with a patient or i'm about to go into a room with a patient and i would look down at my phone and i'll get a message from you it's like hey chainsaw man just dropped i'm like this mother sucker (laughs) it's like he can he can sit and watch this but i'm here and i have to see people i hate this (laughs) but no um uh those were very very helpful because like you said there's just so many anime i've forgotten uh about Irma kun and uh, uh shinobi uh itoki I uh, forgot about that until you just brought it up. That one's pretty good. I think I'm maybe two episodes behind on that. I need to uh, get back up on that one. And uh, last night I saw the final, uh, sorry, the season finale for She-Hulk. And boy, (laughs) it's, oh my goodness. Um, So I would what? Now, don't but,
1: even mention other things outside of anime yeah. because Werewolf okay. by Night okay. dropped as well this week. Yes,
0: yes, yes. I need to watch Werewolf by Night. Where I, was oh, the promotion?
1: Where was where was the <laughs> notifications, Disney? That I had no idea that was getting dropped so soon or at least because like, they announced it earlier this year but it kind of just went under the She-Hulk, like, you know, Daredevil kind of.
0: Uh, yeah. I th- I think... I want to say they it might have been because I know that with Moon Knight they were they were dropping a lot of hints for Werewolf of Night or at least homages or Easter eggs for it because there were some places where you can get a QR code while watching an episode and you can download a Werewolf of Night uh issue so I don't I don't know like again like that's not necessarily as you said marketing it or hyping it up but it is like sort of like sprinkling out there it's like hey if by night, if by night, subliminal messaging, but um, no, as as you said, like it, watching anime, all, all that was going on is enough as it is. But then you still have like some of the American stuff, like the uh, uh, Game of Thrones, uh, House of Dragons. You have the Lord of the Wait. Oh my goodness, I forgot. I hadn't watched Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I need to catch up on Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. That one's been pretty good and Rick and Morty Rick yes Rick and Morty oh my gosh I have not been able to watch Rick and Morty Uh all right so again time codes descriptions we are transitioning to the news right now and our first bit of news um (laughs) hearkening back to the days of old with our podcast I'm going to hit you with some sad news and then we're going to go to a little bit lighter news So, let's see. The sad, sad news first. We had recently learned of actress Angela Lansbury passing away at the age of 96. And Angela Lansbury, she's uh, well known for being in the live action TV show Murder, She Wrote. She was also in The Maturing Candidate. And for weebs or people who just don't watch old British crime dramas, one thing that you can recognize her for is uh, her voice as Mrs. Potts in Beauty and Beast. And she is also uh, noted for a voice actor role in the anime sh- uh, movie The Last Unicorn. And she was well-acclaimed. She was... um Received a lot of awards, and it's uh, it it was just interesting seeing because I've always seen her as like the face of murder she wrote, but I didn't realize that she had done uh voiceover work as well. Jay, are you uh acquainted with any of Angela Lansbury's works at all, or no?
1: Uh, yeah, because she's one of those like not old time artists, I guess, um, actors that it feels like because we like we live in their like last third of their life essentially so like yeah um Angela Lasberry like not Samuel Jackson but Morgan Freeman and Michael Caine have always been like old because we're so young (laughs) so yeah mother Mother, she wrote is like what she's like known for in America but like she started back in the 1940s like as a stage play actor like with Gaslight and was Gaslight was like the accompanying um stage play with like My Fair Lady and she has like so many roles like one she knows she's of course Miss Potts from Beauty and the Beast but she was also like in um, Anastasia or Anastasia as well as Fantasia 2000 so like she dabbled enough in voiceover work to like reach into like this new generation that you can recognize her voice but yeah Mrs. Potts is probably what she's most famous for but like you said like she's wildly acclaimed actor Mm -hmm. but yeah it's kind of just you know it's one of those you know, you always forget when, oh, well, sorry, I'm kind of rambling because, like, she's such a prolific figure and she's done so many outstanding like roles throughout her life. And even she's uh, credited in the upcoming um Glass Onion, the Knives Off, Knives Off, Knives Out, Knives Out Mystery. Yeah, yeah. So she's that was her last credit role. So she's with she's been acting for 60 plus years and she passed away at 96 so she had a well she lived a very good life i think or at least from a performance standpoint
0: i feel like now that you mentioned she'll probably get like something posthumously uh for glass onion um and usually when somebody is as old as she is and she's still and they they are still acting usually like their skills like really shine in the craft as you mentioned with morgan freeman and i'm trying to remember uh there was another uh gentleman uh, there was a gentleman in She Hulk. He was like ninety-eight or something else like that. He was he was one of the oldest actors that was still going on. And even though he was old older, you could see how spry he was and like how animated he was in his acting. So it's it's definitely something to see somebody in that age uh, range, you know, still uh, doing what they love or assume that they love. And it, uh, real quick before we go on to our next story, uh, just wanted to mention that she was also Mrs. Potts in the Kingdom Hearts games. So you know, just just touching on that a little bit for our uh, weeb culture as uh, Kingdom Hearts is that mishmash of anime and Disney goodness that we have. Now on to a little bit happier news that we have. Well, I, I guess th- this this news is a little bit uh for me here, Jay, but. We have heard that Hunter Hunter is coming back, baby. Yes, the manga itself, and we have gotten word that the newest chapter for Hunter Hunter will drop on Shonen Jump on October twenty-third. Uh, oh, well, that will be the English version, but it would be. Yeah, it will be October 23rd of this year. And it is really a happy day because the manga was on hiatus since September 2018. And oh my gosh, I am excited for it. I'm not a, I haven't read the manga yet. I need to because I think it was around the dark continent was when I had stopped reading. I need to get back into it, but I feel like if he's going to keep writing the manga that they will end up picking the anime once again, but Jay, what are your thoughts on this little bit of news for Hunter x Hunter?
1: Yeah, it's just one of those stories of like, oh yeah, Hunter x Hunter still exists kind of things, and it's just like, uh, I looked into like, officially looked to the, the anime encyclopedia of modern Japanese animation, and I was like and it talked about if you pronounce the X or not.
0: And it actually told oh, kind of
1: yeah, not a thesis, but it did like like the history of pronunciation and why X's are present in some titles. So it's not spy X family, it's just spy family. So thing with like a high school DXD, just say high yeah. school D D. It was like I've never heard that before in my life. But yeah, um it's been known to go on hiatus, uh Hunter Hunter. I I think it's like recorded at like seven like monthly long or um uh, season long hiatuses because of the author's Togarashi or is it Togashi Togashi? Togashi. Uh, yeah, yeah cuz he has immense back and hip pain. So like a lot of the times oh, like really? he's, yeah, he's accounting like working like on his sides and like drawing on his sides. So that's why he's been on this four year hiatus most recently, but yeah, I um, think it's a really interesting that one if he's actually going to be able to close out the story how he wants, or given his age as well as how long the hiatus has been this time, is he just going to wrap up the story in a very compressed, brief way? So yeah, see how this is going to turn out. But yeah, we'll talk more about this when more news comes out about it.
0: Yeah, you're right. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I feel like uh I've I've only seen like some of the jokes online um in regards to him and his hiatuses that's uh the reason why he doesn't write Hunter Hunter as much as he wants to is because he doesn't necessarily have to because he's married to the uh to the creator of sailor moon uh naoki uh, tekuchi and it's just like yeah you know you're right like if you're married to like uh basically um uh manga royalty it's like you don't have to work as hard um for your own work you know but uh, I didn't realize that he liked to draw a certain uh, way. Um, so it sort of makes sense that he would do that.
1: Oh, it's just accompanying fact that he also this is responsible for Yu Yu Hakusho, which is like up there in sales numbers with Dragon Ball and like Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. So it's like he's already got it made. And then he went on to he's like set. the second. Yeah, he's already set. So yeah, it's <laughs> not more of him living off his wife. It's just that he's already created this like quintessential shonen title already and he's just trying to pursue a second kind of title for himself so it's just interesting yeah because like you have the anime from the 90s as well as the 2011 version which we didn't talk about last year because again it's a lot to talk about with hunter x hunter and in a very short time We didn't want to give like any false information or do disservice to it so we skipped out on it but yeah it's mm-hmm. like um wishing him wishing him well but yeah, you know, Hunter x Hunter is really good where it is now.
0: Oh, definitely. And uh, it seems like at first it was sort of under the radar, but now it is a lot more mainstream. And <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I like how you, you sort of like put me in my place there. It's like, excuse me, sir, put some respect on his name. He did Yu Yu Hakusho. He's not some freeloader. <laughs> but as always, uh, like you said, like um, it's good – to hear that he's at least uh, coming back to Hunter, Hunter and trying to uh at least uh, continue his work so hopefully we'll be able to see how he finishes how he finishes it moving forward and a little quick thing uh on to the next bit of news uh we were as we mentioned earlier some of the new anime that came out one of them being chainsaw man and i know that you being the huge cinephile that you are. I am assuming that you really appreciated Chainsaw Man's intro, and I sort of wanted to get your thoughts on why, or or, or on on the intro, and like how many uh, references uh, to movies that they did uh, in in the intro. Like, did you what, what did you think about it?
1: Right, because like it caught me just so off guard because I didn't even so like i watching it in class with my students. I wasn't really like.
0: Nobody was prepared. (laughs) Well, yeah, but
1: I was, like, more, like, I was also being, like, okay, how bloody is it going to get the first episode? How inappropriate it was going to get? Because, like, all of my 12th graders are 6 or 17 and plus. So I was, Mm -hmm. like, okay, uh, I know that this feels wrong, but I still really want to watch this anime right now. (laughs) Um, So I was, like, really on guard. So, like, even in the moment of watching the opening... I was, like, not really paying attention. And the only thing I really yeah. saw that caught my attention was the Dick Lebowski um, ball-rubbing scene, like yes. when they're jiggling inside mm-hmm. their wrappings, which is a very iconic scene in that movie. So that's the only one I saw in the first viewing. And then I went back after um, you pointed out to me, like, with the news story, oh, did you catch all the other movies, <laughs> movie references? And I was like, no, I did it. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> when I went back to watch it again, I was like, Man, I missed a lot. So uh there's a lot of references to Quentin Tarantino movies and I don't know if Fujimoto, the creator of Chainsaw Man, is a big movie nerd or someone at Map is a big studio uh, movie nerd, but I couldn't find any of the credits for the opening, like specifically separate from the animation as well as the storyboarding, so I don't know who to shake their hand and like say E.G. <laughs> E-g- <laughs> good, good, good good sir. About this, but yeah, a lot of Quentin Tarantino was from pulp fiction to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There's a Colin Brother, Colin Brother shout out to, um, No Country for Old Man. And mm-hmm. the last one I saw that I really recognized was, uh, Fight Club, where there's this golden ball that I think Power hits. She hits with her. Yes. Family. Yes. But yeah, it was really cool to see how many references were. I didn't recognize one that I'm very shocked that someone had to point out to me, but it was from Constantine because I love Constantine. Really? The superhero movie. So it's uh, with Keanu Reeves and I forgot who the actress that he plays opposite to, but it's like a really dark scene on top of the hill at the end of the movie. But I was like, oh no, I missed the Constantine reference. <laughs> so it was just a collective um, showcase of movies that some people won't remember or even have seen before, like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> I was like, Wow, that is a deep cut.
0: No, no, that, that I didn't realize that there was a Constantine one. I know that um I, I've seen a couple of articles uh for this and the thing that I liked about it was that some of the articles I found like they found different references, right? Like you they did like one did the Reservoir Dogs and another one did the Big Lebowski but like they all like they found different movie references. There was even one article Excuse me, that had where power she was on the beach and she was in the bikini and how her name, power, was underneath her. The font that po that word was in was in the same font that uh Thor Love and Thunder uses. So it was kind of cool seeing them reference something that was still fairly new while still referencing uh a lot of older works as well. And no, like you said, it's like you you wanted to try to find this person and shake their hand. It's like, thank you for you know, appreciating our culture, uh, fellow geek, sir. You know, just just another thing uh, to uh, gear us up to watch Chainsaw Man. And to close things out and to help us sort of transition into the topic of today's anime, Crunchyroll had dropped a video basically celebrating the 10-year anniversary for the anime of topic girls und Panzer, who to think? And this is a little bit of a late entry to the news, as uh, Jay can attest. I uh, this literally drops the day before that we we're recording. And with this uh, show, it's mainly just like walking through like the last decade and how girls und Panzer has sort of affected like the anime community. Basically, just showing or showcasing the actors how they're sort of going on tour and some of their appearances were actually like raves. so i don't know if the actresses were treated like uh pop idols or not because as i'm looking like through at this video like there's a scene where uh people are using nightsticks, sticks or like the little glow sticks and things like that and it seems to be very much like a pop idol sensation thing and, Jay, uh, what, what were your uh, thoughts on uh, Crunchyroll dropping a 10-year anniversary uh, video?
1: It makes sense for how big the property is. And then something that's kind of gone overlooked because most of the merchandise and the materials for Girls Rooms, Panzer or G-Up, uh, which is also <laughs> known as, is that uh, it's all in. Like, I light like novels. that, G-Up. Yeah, light novels, video games, and mangas, because uh, I can talk more about it later, but there's 17 mangas. What? Girls uh, in these ponses, and like, break off side stories and other battalions that they talk about in the series, and it's like, just giant, massive world that no one talks about. You have to be really deep in the closet fan of military anime to know about all this, but yeah, it makes sense, because there's a big market, apparently, and Country roll is very good for tapping into what people like, so not surprised at all.
0: <laughs> very nice, very nice. So now that we've uh, mentioned a little bit about that, as as I said, we are transitioning from the news, and we are now here to talk about our anime of choice, G Up. <laughs> or I, I, I want to start using that now. That's that's really good. Or G Up, nah, G Up sounds better. So now we will be talking about G Up and Jay. What? are your thoughts uh, about Up? What was your first exposure to it? Was this your first time watching it? Uh, where else have you heard about this anime? All
1: right. Yeah. So, I, yeah, this is my choice. And I'll definitely yes. get into it. But just to mention with <laughs> our YouTube audiences that time codes are going to be in the description and in the doobly doo below. But yes, this is a short version of our podcast in full. You can get it on our audio platforms as in iTunes, Spotify, and where else are we, Sam? I forget.
0: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Good good, you nerds. Help us out. Help out the culture.
1: Exactly, yeah. So that's full discussion of the weekly news. But now, yes, let me talk about G Up because this is a anime that I actually made the mistake of thinking it was another anime, so... I what did, other anime did you think? Oh, uh, I'm sorry, I thought that this was Girls' Last Tour, because Girls' Last Tour is uh-huh. somewhat of a similar uh, premise of two, or girls in, you know, military...
0: Uh, oh! Yeah! They are also in a tank, yeah. Yeah, in a
1: tank as well, yeah. They're in the uh, Panzer, which they talk about enough to give you, like, a history lessons about uh, the World War Two takes. But, yeah, I was like, oh, finally, I can finally watch this anime. So I was surprised when I saw the uh, the PV for this. And I was like, oh, this is not what I thought it was at all. And then my second thought was, oh, no, I hope Sam doesn't hate me. Because <laughs> I put uh, Sound of the Sky as my favorite anime from 2010. Yeah. And I- girls doing cute things but with military kind of thing and i was like oh no this is that but also tanks so when yes. i was like i was like when i made that realization i was like oh i know i hope sam doesn't hate me but very surprisingly this does do a lot in the moe genre of girls doing cute things but it does yeah. steer away from the title of being like a slice of life which sound of this guy is more slice of life it kind of it doesn't it panders to like a female audience while also being like kind of smooths over all the rough edges of the military as well kind of giving an unrealistic portrayal of military life and i was like oh i hope that's not this but <laughs> much surprisingly it's not that so this is based off a of manga series that ran from 2012 to 2014 so the anime and the manga were coming out at the same time so it's somewhat of a anime original property by Studio mm-hmm. x as and X as is another yeah. very particular studio because in all of the decade of two thousand tens they only did four animes and really we did talk about act as before because a couple of months ago we talked about a anime getting its adaptation called Hero Classroom, which I think was mm-hmm. one of your news stories, but yeah, the only thing that I'm really known for outside of um, Girls and Panzer is Regalia, which was a mech in two thousand sixteen. Mm-hmm. That is kind of the uh another standoff in the two thousand tens as mech was very sparse in that decade. But yeah, as I said earlier, there are seventeen other mangas after the original four volume original series. There's three light novels, there's four games, as well as three movies and two OBAs. So I think Crunchyroll knows what they're doing and they're Celebrating its 10 year anniversary. It's like, oh yeah, check out all the other stuff. Buy all the other stuff. Absorb, consume all the other stuff. But speaking about the anime, it premiered back on October 9th, 2012. So we're just around the 10 year anniversary. So it originally had 12 episodes with two recap episodes. And it's available on high dive. Rating is TV 14. And it's in the genre of military, comedy, and sports. <laughs> so before i get to the premise sam how how does this compare to sound of the sky for you let's start
0: with. <laughs> i would say like i i'm not gonna lie i'm low-key glad that it's not necessarily like uh, that That i'm glad it's not uh girls on last tour because the girls on last tour it seemed more slice of life like um sound of the sky was and as you mentioned before with uh the themes or this genre this really does feel like a sports because the main characters in this series they are in this club called tankery where it's like airsoft but like in tanks and there are actual competitions so it feels very much like It feels like robotic notes in a way, right? Because they are actively competing. They're trying to upgrade their tanks. They're trying to maintain their tanks. They're trying to learn teamwork, things like that. So it feels like there is a direction rather than just like, oh, I'll just meander throughout town, maybe in this tank, maybe find some food. And, you know, like that story has its place elsewhere. But I do prefer this setting a little bit more.
1: Okay. I'm glad because I was like, after watching the three episodes, I was like, Oh, this is a tournament shounen arc. <laughs> because, <laughs> uh, yeah. Let me go through the premise because it's a very interesting take on something that feels very anti Japanese in a way. So in this, this very fictional world, it's a sport that turns basically the art of tank combat or as you said, Sam, tankery into basically this. Cultural social practice by girls or young girls for the status of like elegance is kind of in the same vein as like tea ceremonies, like part of Japanese culture. But essentially, it's called sen uh, sen shado, where mm-hmm. the it fills also it also fills into this role of as a martial arts as well. They use the word martial arts as well because the main character's family is like a practitioner. Of this combat form and she kind of is traumatized by her family because they have this like very high status and elite status and they kind of think of her as like the black sheep of the family so she transfers to a new school where there's no practice of tankery going on but then the student council being all-powerful pressure hers and force hers into creating a tankery club and that's the base premise of it, and it's very shown in with like the first three episodes, where it's get the team together, show off personalities. Oh no, there's a tournament coming up, <laughs> so <laughs> it's really interesting that even off the bat of the first three episodes, I was like, okay. One, it was scheduled for twelve episodes, so it's a very controlled uh, layout of pacing and structure to the story, as well sure. as it only has four volumes, which is like the perfect amount for a twelve episode series. So it covers the whole run of the manga or the original manga as well. So it's tightly controlled with his characters and the pacing. So the first three episodes are like very standard. Like they introduce Miho, the main character girl, with her mm-hmm. new friends of uh, what are their names?
0: right here is a uh, yukari mako hana and saori
1: right so the five main positions in a tank is the commander the gunner the loader the radio operator and the driver so all girls have a different role and yeah like you said something very funny about it kind of placating to like airsoft somewhat But also in the first episode, one of the girls gets knocked out because of the artillery that they're using is real. (laughs) So it's like... So,
0: like, I have thoughts on that.
1: Okay, so that's why I wanted to, like, poke the first hole in this nice balloon about the suspension of disbelief, because they are using live rounds inside this mock battle, but also they're not acting like live rounds as well. So is that something you caught on to, Sand?
0: Oh my, it's just, it's crazy. Right, because like the the, the uh it, it, it's it's the premise. It's very like they're like oh cutesy stuff like that, and uh like when when they're uh starting the club, right? It's like we we don't have any tanks but this one, and it's like okay, but we need more tanks, and you know you see the club members. There's like fifty, well not fifty, maybe twenty, and. They are like, okay, go find your own tank. So it's like, what are you talking about? It's like, we used to have tanks here at the school. They're around here somewhere. Go out and find them. It's like, okay. Like one found, one, one group found a tank at the bottom of a lake. Another group just like found it in the forest because at this school they just leave their tanks around with their live ammunition, right? And then they bring it back to the uh, the hangar where it's at and they clean up the tanks, and it's all done within like that same day or afternoon. And these are tanks that haven't been used for over, I think they said, ten years or something else like that. Like there's obviously rust. There's a lot of work and detail that they have to do to these tanks, and they are able they are able to refurbish these tanks in an afternoon. Like, like they were able to find them, move them from the places that they found them at. Again, one of them being at the bottom of the lake. And then they were able to refurbish them all on the same day. And you know, they don't uh like it I feel like with this one is like they give you they do enough with real world stuff, and like with everything else, they sort of just like leave it in the air. So like um with uh Miho, like they do have her drop some actual knowledge because as you said, her and her family, they've dealt with tankery stuff before. So the girls are like, oh, no, what do we have to do? And Miho's like, oh, we have to do X, Y, and Z. And so they go do X, Y, and Z. No problem. But again, you know, they don't really talk about, like, the logistics of, you know, having to change out the tread or having to dig out a tank from a mud pit that they were uh, locked in. Or having to check the engines to make sure they work. Thinking about fuel, right? And... Just going back to uh, the live ammunition, ammunitions, like safety. I mean, I would say like the closest thing that you could probably do like with that tank, like try to be safe, right? You maybe can do say rubberized ammunition so that people don't get hurt, but you can still get hurt that way. The closest thing that I think that you could probably do is like maybe just use blanks and sort of laser tag type stuff because there was a place near me that was called tank america they're not open anymore because they ended up uh, closing during the pandemic but one thing that was kind of cool about them was they used real weapons but they had retrofit the weapons to where uh the magazines were co2 cartridges so you have to so you have the weights and you have to load up the weapon with an actual magazine but when you and when you shot you got kickback but because it's a c it's co2 like they're just pushing out air but the gun is also fit to be sort of like a laser tag gun. So you can shoot, you can hit somebody with a laser, and but you will still feel the kickback and you'll still feel the weight of the weapon. So you can probably do something like that with their tanks and you don't really have to worry about safety. But they but then again, you know, like they're using live ammunitions and like they're running through the streets of their city like it's okay. I mean, there was one time when they were on a bridge and they were being uh they, they were in a pincer attack with uh some other classmates and i'm just sitting there thinking it's like you have live ammunition how are you not going to kill them s- kill them on the bridge right and i was that and like they also show like how i guess like you win i guess it's just assume like once you hit them and uh hit them with a shell and so many people are knocked out you would just hit the flag or i don't know if like If you hit them in a certain spot, like the surrender flag would pop up automatically. They never really explain that. It's just shown like, oh, if they're hit, a flag would pop up. It's kind of weird. Like they pick and choose what to focus on and what's necessary. And I felt like I've ranted a little bit too hard on some of the real world stuff that that I uh, sort of had problems with. But it was really cool. To watch it because as as i'm watching it i'm like this has valkyria chronicles vibes and like it's like i, I just really love it like uh because very similar to girls and panzer like you only have so many people in this tank and you have to be able to move it and maneuver it. it it was very very fun and like with that like it's an actual wartime setting so like when they use live ammunition it's like okay cool it's like i'm trying to uh unalive this person um in a cutesy way but like with these like Then again, like, that was my thoughts on the girls using live ammunition. I mean, what did you think about that and how they handled it?
1: Oh, well, you said everything, basically. (laughs) Um, It is a very small moment because it is a very... It takes up the later half of the second episode and then the starting of the third episode. But again, Mm -hmm. it's a very small... Nuance thing that you know can't really be covered in a 14 or a 12 episode like because it's not shop talk centric it's more of a battle i, would say I guess a like battle shown yeah. essentially where they're glossing over like the real world implications but the real world implications of it is more about what is the cultural impact of girls getting into military service because in america we have like rotc which is a military yeah. service and even with some of the training that recruits can do, even as, rec- uh, uh, not volunteers. Yeah, so volunteers in the military. They do have live round <laughs> exercise, but this is kind of just focused on that um, portion of it. So it's very interesting that they don't go into the shop talk direction. They go into more of the glossy over direction from a narrative standpoint because each of the girls have like their own kind of past history with this culture as well. Because like mm-hmm. Hannah has her family's like, as like florists, or I forgot what the traditional Japanese art is, where you decorate using um, flowers, and like uh, floral paintings. Oh, yeah, yeah. But she has an interest in uh, tankery because, you know, that's her passion. And then there's like a fanatic... (laughs) you know the the like the tank junkie that or not tank junkie but the military junkie that you see in.
0: yes she has like that knapsack with uh all the military stuff and it's like do you really pack that everywhere it's like yeah just in case i need to go camping
1: <laughs> right exactly so it's a very interesting story that you know Maybe why it's caught on to a lot of Japanese audiences because it's very opposite to the demilitarization that happened with Japan after World War II. This is kind of Mm -hmm. pro-military in a very interesting way. So I'm assuming in future episodes we're going to see the girls again go against other Japanese schools and then go against schools from other countries as well. And like kind of that's going to be like the upward trajectory of the tournament arc. But the other thing that I thought very interesting was that the music being used. I don't know if you really caught on to the same. Yes, but...
0: bro, all of the fanfare. It's very in your fit, fa- like as you said, like it's very, very pro military because you have the fanfare, even the propaganda that the uh, uh, president had uh, shown everybody. It's like how Tankery's like Tankery shows you that you're tough, that you're feminine, and that you'll be a good wife. And it's like, what? That's that's what all driving a tank means. And it, it's it's just they were just like laying on hard, you know. Just saying, as you said, like just being very pro military. And it, it it was very funny seeing you know that side of things.
1: Right, because like it's such a weird direction to take with one like Japanese mm-hmm. audiences and two, and also with young girls, like, kind of promoting that military agenda, because tying it into their social credits, I guess, or social standing as well, because... Oh, oh no, yeah, about it's their uh,
0: school credits. School yeah, credits, school credits, but, yeah. yeah. The music.
1: Um, but, yeah, about the music, is that a lot of it is just orstr- uh, orchestral or in- instrumental with military marches. They're like, where do I know this from? <laughs> kind of by because <vibe>, <laughs> you don't really hear military marches in, like, your normal everyday life i guess and you know being an american you're like oh yeah i know how bugle uh rebellies sound but you know it was like it made me like want to look up the soundtrack the ost for it and like oh where is this from and what is the history behind certain of marches because they're very it's used very sparingly just as like background sounds. it's not really mm-hmm. glaring in your face so it's like a very subtle um uh, use of music here but other than that um So, like, going through my checklist in my head, so sound, design, characters, the story, and the animation, I guess we can talk last. is that because it's by a studio that doesn't do much, it seemed very appropriate for 2010, but also the CGI for the tanks was also 2010 CGI. So for the limited, you Mm -hmm. know, exposure we had to the movement of the tanks, Sam, did it bother you enough to take you out, or how did you feel about it?
0: The first scenes with the tanks where it was the media res that we had in the beginning where they are in the middle of the first exercise or the first um i forgot what it's called when a te- you go up against a team it's sort of like a practice match it's not a real match but it's can be treated like a real match but it's for practice i forgot what that's called uh scrimmage it's like the first scrimmage match that they have against the other school um the tanks and or at least the tanks alongside the drawn characters felt a little mishmashed. It was cool what they were doing because you get a scene where you see where we have like this first person view of um, Miho's position where they're rolling out and they're uh, you're you're looking at all the other tankers and the people in their tanks. sort of like this 360 view as they're going forward so like i said that, that sort of immersive uh feel i can see the shot that they were going for in 2010 that probably was really good back then and kudos for them on that cinematography but it's just like mainly the cgi on the tanks in that scene was not very good even though like it's supposed to be like that shocking draw you in scene right at least like right now all the other subsequent scenes with the tanks, I don't know if it's because of like how jarring that first scene was, but it was more. I was able to accept it a little bit more. Um, I don't know if it's because I got used to it or if because it was jarring. Now, was that uh, did did you have a similar um, experience too, Jay, or was yours different?
1: Well, I noticed something like very particular that the, a lot of the movements with the CGI was actually replicating how tanks move in real life again mm-hmm. a lot of it's modeling they're using or at least in their third episode they get to use the german panzer which is or the german panzer 4 which like again you don't have to be a military buff about anything but it's like the telltale german tank essentially uh the single barrel and like the not crop top i forget how you have the opening at the top but have you ever seen the movie uh, fury which had i think brad Pitt and um uh, what's about a lot? uh I don't know, Well, the other Spider-Man, um, Andrew Garfield.
0: Oh, Andrew Garfield, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, and a lot of other like high priority or high profile uh, actors in that. But anyways, yeah, it's just like the telltale German tank. But yeah, it's like all the in the 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 scrimmage, uh, all the girls go after our main MCs, and like again, it's like such a weird thing of these girls are just learning tanking for the first time it's like there's no giant time skip like you mentioned like they clean up the tank and then you're just mm-hmm. right at it and like no lessons and miho is like competent in her job like she's a shows that she has you know the qualities of a genius in the field as well as a natural born leader mm-hmm. so it's nice on that and then there's the tank fanatic that has like all the background for exposition sakes if uh, they need to drop that but yeah you know, all the three other girls are just like doing it because they're like oh this is kind of fun kind of um club activities which is again part of the whole appeal of the moe genre so yeah it does lean uh, far enough away from the cute girls doing cute things because one it one of the girls i forget who gets knocked out but she gets knocked out
0: <laughs> oh no it was hana it was hana and it that was the same that was the same one i was going to bring up because she, oh ah her name's Hana and her uh, family works in flower arrangement pun but um uh w- one thing that was cool like or at least like funny was like she seems like that cool sort of reserved personality right like that sort of um uh, uh stoic uh in a female um uh in a female light but uh when they shoot the cannon for the first time or it's like the the tur- the the main gun of the tank for the first time. She's the one that her eyes sort of glow up like uh you would see in One Piece, like whenever there's a mecha on the scene, like, um she she starts getting enthralled. And as they're choosing positions, Hannah's like, Give me the gun, please. I like it when things go boom And it was sort of just like we did not expect that for you. But that it it was it was sort of, you know, like as you said, like having the girls being sort like uh, Sort of exploring things that they didn't really realize that they had liked. And it was kind of cool seeing them sort of uh grow in their character a little bit like that.
1: Right. And that does seem to be the focus of the three episodes, at least. Mm-hmm. Not to do so much shop talk about the realistic uh, complications that goes along with tanker Tree. Like not focusing on the girls versus focusing on the subject matter, I guess. Which is, again, kind of the point of this slice of lot. Slice of life adjacent that it's comfortable enough. It's not like supposed mm. to be too educational because, like, we could have talked about a channel that came out this year. We talked about Yoru Yori by mistake <laughs> 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 uh, earlier this year, as well as you know, originally in 2010 was Lucky Star and Kayon. So, like, kind of started the mm. Moe trend. And I was like, this is a nice break from the so focused cute girls doing cute things genre. And it was like, skews far enough away that sound of the sky was more in that moe style but this is still kind of ridiculous because you know they're still in their schoolgirl skirt uniforms they're not really in military wear whenever they're like doing duties because oh something completely skipped over is that their school is on a aircraft carrier oh <laughs> so my I goodness kept...
0: yes it's like every school is on an aircraft carrier and it's just like how big these are it's crazy because what there's it's ah. Uh... The, the the schools that um miho and the gang they're on, like it's shown to be huge. And then as they're and apparently like for them to have scrimmage they have to do it on actual land. They can't do it on the ships. I guess it's because they use actual ammunition. When they reach landfall, like they have to scrimmage with again, like they, they scrimmage with another school, and then you see their ship pull up, and it's like what, twice, three times as big as their own air carrier ship? It's huge
1: right so <laughs> there's like this weird it's, it's very weird world that this series is taking place in but yeah it's like every school like we always talk about how powerful a student council is and like a lot of animes would go to the extreme like saying yeah a student council of a school can override government laws and decisions <laughs> but yeah and this schools are literally military powers but <laughs> with this one school like they're it's still club activities but it's like yeah it's so important to. Our civilization and our culture, and they touch about, they touch on it lightly, like you said, with the propaganda from the president mm. and like small things like that. But I guess last before we go into our final decisions of past the three episode test and the um, resurrected uh Sam, did you watch the sub or the dub? Because I was actually curious. This series has a renowned, terribly voice um, acted dub.
0: Oh. watched the dub (laughs) I didn't I didn't have uh time to to read I had um so so I had to put it on the the dub what about you um I'm I'm assuming you were a subber
1: yeah I watched the sub because it's kind of one of those renowned series that had terrible localization for the English um, voice cast so I was wondering if that impacted your viewing pleasure at all
0: I would say one thing that was a bit uh, jarring to me um, and I think it ha- probably has to do a little bit with the story when we see Miho when she work- wakes up for the first time and she's undressing and she's it, it looks like she, she's waiting for something to happen to her right as she's undressing and then she opens her eyes and so she's like and she says literally she's like, oh I'm not home and it made me think that there was maybe like a translation issue So I hopped over to the sub real quick around that same time frame, and she said the same thing. It's like, Oh, I'm not home. And so it made me think that like uh, stuff was happening at her home where it was probably borderline, if not borderline, but like she was probably being abused um, when she was at home on like, you know, when, when she has to wake up or like she has to, like something is done to her like some form of hazing uh ritual or anything else like that just because of the home that she grew up in but as far as the dub goes it wasn't too distracting i would say maybe what's her name the uh the girl uh so- sauri the one that was talking about the boyfriends all the time that might have gotten a little bit annoying because it was just like everything that she said is like, oh, you know, beef stew is a way to a man's heart. You know, something like that, where I guess it's sort of like the girl's supposed to act like she knows everything when she really doesn't. So she's sort of overcompensating that way. Uh, that got a little annoying, but it's not necessarily a voice actor issue. It's more of like a, how a character is written.
1: Got you. Yeah, because I was thinking about... Uh, Again, like the reports of it is just that um, uh, the English voice cast don't sound like young girls. (laughs) Again, that's something that can be accredited to just...
0: No, as you said, like, if anything, they sound like high schoolers. Uh, Because I think with these girls, are they in middle school or are they in high school?
1: Yeah, again, how the Japanese education system works, it would be like the transition for like the English system or the American system from middle school to high school. So around the age of 12 to 13.
0: Oh, yeah, no, no, they don't sound 12 or 13. They sound older
1: yeah exactly so again like part of the moe aesthetic is the cute girl moe kawaii voice and i think that was more of the complaint it's like yeah you can't really imagine girls of this kind of level of participation in military work without separation of their moe voice so it's like it doesn't work in that kind of way so yeah that's just one of those things i went to or bring attention to but yeah for our three episode test i'm going to say that it passed because At the end of the third episode, they have their team together. Uh, Miho gets uh, positioned or appointed position as field commander. So, again, like the schools have multiple tanks, essentially, and then multiple teams. And, you know, again, projecting what a tournament is going to be is going to be like a battalion versus a battalion, not individual tanks. And that already has some potentially troubling elements where you're going to lose, like, the focus on each of the tanks um crews and it's just going to be like over sterilized or over um archetypal characters and won't be a lot very much deep profound characterization from the other characters but you know we'll see um but yeah Mm -hmm. three episode test i think it passed how about you
0: i'd say it passed because it gives you enough um it it gives you enough mystery boxes to go off of as i said uh miho's past uh how she wants to get away from tankery we don't necessarily know how her home life was and we don't know what the incident was we get a flashback it seems like she might have gotten her tank uh in a situation where they were drowning something like that so it they much they might touch on that a little bit real world uh aspect uh, a little bit later on But as I said, like, they they give enough stuff for us to keep going, and they set up the world pretty good. So I'd say it passed for me as well.
1: All right, wonderful. So a separate question we ask is, is it Resurrection or Reburied, meaning that we bring it back, and that suggested with all the other animes we're watching, will we continue on past episode three? Or is it Reburied, meaning that it'll stay in the past, and like, let's move on to the next anime. But uh, for me, I'm definitely not on the fence. And now considering how I Hmm. grade it so highly Sound of the Sky, I definitely prefer this version of the cute girl doing cute things than how... uh, I like how Sound of the Sky had a sci-fi kind of twist to it to kind of make it cute girl doing cute things. But sci-fi mystery, this having (laughs) somewhat of a more cultural and social kind of real world implication to a change of mentality towards warfare i guess or towards military yeah. life for japanese people i'm going to say it's real enough that i would say it's worth resurrecting but how about you
0: i'd say it's worth resurrecting as well mainly because what you said before we get cute girls doing other things in a cute way and it sort of celebrates women exploring uh different things as i said before we had hana who worked in flower, floral arrangements And she found inspiration in Tinkery. And I would say also because of the strong network that Miho has in her school. We see how supportive her friends are, and it's in a healthy way. It's not in a manipulative way that we would see in other works where... Uh, a lot of girls are really uh, chatty. Um, sometimes can be backstabby or not genuine. And in this, uh, in in this anime, we have you know, again, just like wholesome friends. Like everybody wanted to go into tankery, but then when they realized that she didn't want to go into tankery. They were they backed her up, and they had even went to the print uh to the president, and they were chewing her out. It was like yo, she doesn't want to do tankery. Don't try to force her into doing tankery. And even though the pre- even though the uh, school president was threatening expulsion, they held their ground. So you know the fact that you have such a strong emotional connection out the gate you feel like that throughout the rest of the series that their ties are just going to get stronger and no, it's uh, going to be very well done. So yeah, that's why I am going to be resurrecting the series.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, I've, I kind of glossed over that first episode with that emotional kind of high point of building friends off of like, yeah, interests but also it's like backing your friends when they say no to something. and uh that's very yeah like you said wholesome and heartwarming is that not only you form friends but also they're going to stand up for you when you say no to being pressured into doing something and she's a friend back saying like yes i can manage my trauma or my past because one i don't want to be expelled and again exposure in high school (laughs) animes is like death essentially and then there's like the top that it's basically Probably just going to be another nine episodes of a tournament arc from any typical shonen, and as well as grounded inside of some maybe some real world shop talk eventually down the line. Hopefully, like with more exposure about the different kind of tanks and the armaments, and like going to the tactics of a uh, tank warfare on on a battlefield, and probably get a little bit you know touched upon, but not too intensely. But yeah, but for right now, girls own Panzer or G up is a resurrect and a pass from both of us awesome
0: that is great Up has gotten a unanimous decision that cute girls can do cute things in tanks <laughs> that's amazing oh my goodness. i i did not think that i would just like sit here and be talking about cute girls and tanks and saying that it's actually pretty good I I don't want to be too quick to say like maybe I'll give um La- girls last tour a try but I feel like I don't know I I might have to uh, get 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 a little bit more time before I try that because it seems like that's going to have like a depressing outlook or a depressing lens to it all. Um, but yeah, like uh Jay said, that was our take on G Up, otherwise known as Girls Un Panzer. Resurrection from both of us, and it passed the three episode test from us. So go ahead, check it out. Let us know what you think about it if we were right, if we were wrong, if we were a load of bunk, or if we know what we're talking about. And listen along with us next time as we continue with our voice actor spotlight on the voice actor Yuki Kaiji as we review yet another anime about children and their psychology and Shin Shin Yori, otherwise known as From Another World. Now, Jay, what have you got for us today?
1: All right. As it has some military theme, I thought it would best to either share some marches or some of the early American music from the 1940s, like Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy from the Andrews Sisters. But I was like, I'm not going to sing, I sang, or I kind of sang last time when I talked about Aladdin from Disney and to that opi- original opening, but I just thought I would close with a very famous quote from one of my favorite anime characters from the Helsing Ultimate Abridged series. Mr. Alucard says, Give that bitch a cannon. Bitches love cannon.